Welcome to Bible Near You, a Bible study program that seeks to shed some light on the Bible and aims to drive the shade of ignorance from the mind of the people across the world. The program comes to you every Wednesday at BibleNearYou.co.za at 1600 South African Standard Time. We are also available on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and other podcasting platforms. We encourage you to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bible Near You. If you have any questions concerning the content of our show, you can email us at question at biblenearyou.co.za. Now we join our host and teacher, Lungisa Jostri. This is another day that the Lord has made for us. It is good to come together and to listen to the Word of God. And uh, we are now on session number 19. We're looking at the 18th book of the Bible, which is the book of Job, which is also the first book under the section of wisdom and poetry. Now, let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we say thank you for your great love and your mercy that you have shown towards us. Here we are to study, to look briefly at your word. We ask you, our God, to give us insight and understanding and help us to apply correctly what we read and hear. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, amen. So my dear friends, it's been a long journey, very good journey, having a lot of friends supporting Thank you to Brother Zegs, Brother Zakele. When I say thank you very much, my dear brother, thank you to Brother Sipo, Brother Sam, Sister Cindy. Thank you for your feedback. Um, thank you so much. Thank you to uh, Brother Bafana Zulu on Facebook who likes our post. Say thank you so much. Now, we are looking at the book of Job. It's uh, it's just a summary, just to remind you and just to let those who are first-timers here that we are just doing an overview. We're not going deep inside the book, but we're doing the overview, the aerial view of it. We're going over the book. So the book of Job, it's named after its main character. It sounds like Job is the main character, it looks like. Um if we don't consider God as such. But overall, God is the main character of the book. But in human terms, or the human that is the main character in this whole story is Job. It's a book is about Job. If it, if you open up verse 1, it says, There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was perfect, upright, and, and one that feared God and eschewed evil. So we are introduced to Job in chapter 1, verse 1, it's talk about him and it tells us of his qualities that he was a perfect and upright man, one who feared God and eschewed evil. So it means he rejected evil, he avoided evil at all cost. He hated evil, if um, I'll put it in understandable terms. <clears throat> now, we don't know where the book of Job was written. Um, we don't know. So... I'm not even going to speculate. So I'm going to leave this with you to go and research and study and maybe come with your conclusion as to when the book of Job was written. But as far as I am concerned, 
I'm not going to say anything about the date of the book of Job. But it gives us the, the, the events that um, happened in Job's life in the land of Uz. Now, in chapter 1, maybe if I could just um, give you the, the visions. The book of Job is, is divided into um, six sections. There's a historical section, which is chapter 1 and 2. There's theological section, theological or philosophical section, which is chapter 3 to chapter 31. And then we have a logical uh, section, uh, which is in chapter 32 to 37. We have a revelational section in chapter 38 and 41. And um, we have a confessional section and again, closes with the historical section. Basically, the book of Job is a mixture of theology, philosophy, and uh, history, all blended in together, and revelation as well. So, as you look at the book of Job, we are introduced to him in, in chapter 1, verse 1, and we are told of his qualities, and that even God looked at Job and confirmed that he was a righteous man, because we're told in chapter, sorry, in verse 6 in chapter 1, we're told that there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan was, was also among the sons of God at that time. So now the sons of God, this term appears first in Genesis chapter 6, uh, the sons of God. Uh, it is believed that these are angelic entities. It is not human beings, even though there's a, a very strong, very strong uh, debate on that. There's a lot of people that are saying, no, it was certain race of people, human beings that were righteous. Um, and they were called the sons of God. And there was another set, just um, the wicked people. But we believe it's angels. And Satan was also among them when these sons of God came to present themselves. So Satan must remember that he's also an angel, but a fallen angel. So God starts the, 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 the story here. The Lord says to Satan, where do you come from? In King James says, whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, hast thou considered my servant? Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and extueth evil. So we told that jo God is actually starting the conversation. He's the one that bringing the topic to Job. So talking to the devil about Job, I mean, so God says, have you seen my servant Job? He's a righteous man, a man that is perfect, a man that fears God, the man that excuse evil, men that hates evil. Well, the devil then had to challenge God. Well, the devil, in a way, was not challenging the righteousness of Job, but he was challenging what God was saying. That's my view. He was saying, no, God, you're not telling the truth. Job is no righteous man. 
So in verse 9, Satan says, and then answered, and Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Oh, you think, you think Job is fearing you? Oh no, you are giving him some things. Says you, you've hedged him. You've given him a hedge. You've given him a house. You, you know, uh, it says all about, all over his side, you know, he's blessed. You've blessed, the, you've blessed the work of his hand, his substance, is increased in the land. It says, put forth thine hand now and touch all that he has and he will curse you to your face. So that's what Satan was saying. He said, no, God, mm -mm. Job is not a righteous man. He's not upright. I challenge your word in that and we can prove it. He will swear to your face if you remove everything you own. So in chapter 1, we see then devastation happening. Servant after servant after servant after servant coming to report the bad news. In one day, Job lost all his worth, all his wealth. And on top of that, Job lost his children, his seven sons and Three daughters, they all died there. It was a very sad day in Job's life. And this is what Job says in verse 21. Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord had taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. So we are learning that. When all these things happened, Job did not curse God. Job acknowledged God that he's the one that gives and is the one that has the power to take away. So that's the story of Job. Now, chapter 2, Satan, um, sorry, that day also the sons of God come again to present themselves before the Lord. And there was the devil also coming into that meeting. And the Lord said to Satan, where do you come from? Same question. Says, And then God brings the subject of Job again to the table, saying, that, have you considered my servant Job? And listen to what God says in, in verse 3. And the Lord said to, unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil, and still he holds fast his integrity, although thou hast moved me against him to destroy him without cause. Can you see that? So God affirms that Job was a righteous man and that Job had held on to his, to his integrity. So there's a, a common belief among Christians that Satan went and requested to tempt Job. But the devil did not request to tempt Job. He didn't go there for the business of asking for Job. The devil came there to that meeting and God raised the subject, affirming, now what God says is true. What God says is true. What God says will never fail. If God said Job is righteous, then Job is righteous. If God says Job will not sin, then Job will not sin. Because God never lies. That's the thing about God. God never lies. And there's nothing that we can do that will disappoint God or that will surprise God, you know. Like imagine God sitting in heaven. Wow, I'm so disappointed with the people I've made. Look at them. I thought they were going to be good, but they've turned out to be bad. No, God sees everything. God understands everything. And God knew Job. 
He knew Job that he was a righteous man. He knew that he was an upright and perfect man. And so the devil challenges that. And then further the devil is never tired. So continues to challenge, says, ah, verse 4 says, skin for skin, yeah, all that a man hath will he give for his life. Can you believe that? So Satan says, ah, sugar, Job is actually holding on to his integrity because he's not touched. So he he can sacrifice anything. I mean, we've seen that. I mean, in, in the African um, traditions where people want wealth and they end up sacrificing their children, their wives, their friends, um, their neighbors, people that are close to them just because they have they become um they they become wealthy so people can actually give stuff to save their self to serve themselves or give stuff to uh, save their lives if people point a gun at you and they want to kill you and they want to take the money your money um vast majority of us will actually let them take the money then take our lives so the devil is making that point that ah job um will give anything to save his skin. So he says, go and touch his skin now. So the devil was pressing and that happened. Job was very sick. He was uh, very, very um, in distress uh, to such a point that his friends came to see him and they sat with him uh, seven days there. Now, in chapter 3 to chapter 22, so we hear the discussions now of these friends of, of Job. So Job speaks because, you know, what happened here? Let's read from verse uh, 11 of chapter 2 before we get to chapter 3. It says, now, when, Job, uh, when Job's three friends heard all, of all this evil that was come upon him, they came everyone from his own place. Eliphaz, the Temanite, Bildad, the Chuhite, Zophar the Namathite, for they had made an appointment together to come to mourn with him and to comfort him. And when they lift up their eyes afar off and knew him not, they lifted up their voice and wept. And they rent everyone his mantle and sprinkled dust over their heads towards heaven. So they sat down with him upon the ground seven days and seven nights, and none spake a word unto him, for they saw that his grief was very great. So here is a man who's lost his wife, sorry, who's lost his children, who's lost his um, possessions. Now his friends come to see him and they're very sad when they see him in that condition because they couldn't recognize him the way Job was. And so they wept. So they came there, they sat with him there seven days and seven nights, not, not speaking, not saying anything, just sitting there. Because, I mean, they didn't know what to say, basically. Okay, then Job decides to break the silence. In chapter three, he's talking. And he, instead of cursing God, he curses the day he was born. He says, let the day perish wherein I was born. And the night in which it was said, there is a man child conceived. So he continues to speak. And then now his friends find license to speak. Chapter four, we find Eliphaz speaking. We find Eliphaz speaking. And in chapter, um, sorry, yeah, in yeah, chapter four, Eliphaz is speaking and he's actually accusing Job for being having sinned. He's accusing him. So this is a terrible thing because when you read this friends of Job coming to see him, 
all of them, they say the right things. They say the correct theological things, but all the things they said were irrelevant. They were not applicable in Job's life. For example, he says here uh, in, in chapter 4, he says, Shall a mortal man be more just than God? Shall a man be more pure than his maker? Behold, he put not trust in his servants and his angels, and his angels he charged with folly. How much less than to that dwell in the houses of clay, whose foundation is in the dust, which are crushed before the moth. They are all destroyed from the morning to evening. They perish forever without it regarding. Do not, uh, doth not their excellency which is in them go away? They die without, even without wisdom. In, in a way, this man is, is trying to say that Job must have done something wrong because God is just. So if God brings this evil upon Job, it's because God is just and Job has done something wrong. But we know that that's not true because we've got the backstory in verse one, in chapter 1 and chapter 2. Job did nothing wrong. It was just a discussion between God and Satan and um, things began to unfold. So he continues here in, in, in chapter 5, says, Call now, if there be any that will answer thee, and to which of the saints wilt thou turn? For the red killeth the foolish man, and, and envy slayeth the silly. I have seen the foolish taking root, but suddenly I suddenly I cast his reputation. His children are far from safety, and they are crushed in the gate. Neither is there any to deliver them, whose harvest... Um, whose harvest the hungry eat up and take it, it even uh, out of the thorns and the robber swallowed up their substance. Now, th this is the thing right here. This is the thing. This guy is just showing that, you know, Job has done a foolish thing. He must have seen. That's why he, all this has happened. He tells, shows him from verse 1 to verse 5 the things that happen to bad people. And it's the same things that happened to Job. So bad people thing, the things that happened to bad people, they came upon Job, so Job must have done something bad. That's the conclusion, that's the, uh, the conclusion that Eliphaz is drawing in his statement. And so Job answers. He answers, he talks to them in chapter 6. In chapter 7, he con uh, continues to speak. And then in chapter 8, the next friend, Bildad. Bildad is saying, look at verse 1 to verse 3, then answered Bildad the Shuhite and said, How long will thou speak these things, and how long shall the words of thy mouth be like a strong wind? Doth not doth God pervert judgment, or doth the Almighty pervert justice? It's like, are you saying that God made a mistake you've you, you've done nothing wrong it's like this guy is getting angry with job and so job answers i know that i know it it is of a truth but how should a man be just with god if he will contend with him he cannot answer him one for a thousand he is wise in heart and mighty in strength who had hardened himself against him and has prospered which removeth the mountain and know it and they know not which overturned them in his anger. So he started talking about what God does. 
So he says nobody could um, contend with God in a way. He's, he's just saying I'm not contending with God. Yeah, and he's trying to show that I'm innocent. I did nothing wrong. So he continues to chapter 10 and then chapter 11. Zophar, the Namathite, also comes into the sin and starts speaking. And this guy is he's telling Job to, um, to repent. He says, um, look at this. He says... Uh, in verse 4, For thou hast said, My doctrine is pure, and I am clean in thine, in thine eyes, but all oh, that God would speak and open his lips against thee, and that he would show thee the secrets of wisdom, and they are double, that they are double, that, uh, which is, Know therefore that God exerteth of thee less than thine iniquity deserveth. Cast, canst, thou by, uh, canst thou by searching find out God? Canst thou find out the Almighty into perfection? Is, it is a high as heaven. It is as high as heaven. What canst thou do deeper than hell? What canst thou know? The measure is longer than the earth and broader than the sea. If he cut off and shut up or gather together, then who can hinder? For he knoweth vain man, he seeth wickedness also. Will he not then consider it? The vain man would be wise, though man be born like a wild, as is called. So it goes on, goes on, these friends coming in and out, exchanging, talking from chapter 3 to chapter 22, and Job is answering them and they answer. But then, in chapter 32, then another person who has not mentioned before, comes into the sin. His name is Elihu. And Elihu, um, if you look at 37 uh, verse 5, he shows us that God does great things which we cannot comprehend. So Elihu, Elihu speaks of God, points Job to God. Not that Job sinned or anything, but he was listening to them. And he, Elihu was, uh, seems to have been younger than them. If I'm not mistaken, because he does mention um, that he, he was listening to them as they talked. He gave himself time to listen to what they were talking about. But in the summary of Elihu's uh, speech from chapter 34, and you go all the way uh, to chapter 36. Um, oh, sorry, to chapter 37. You, you can see there that Joe, uh, God, I mean, Elihu is um, giving us, uh, in, in summary, is in 35, that God thundered marvelously with his voice, great things doeth he which we cannot comprehend. So we cannot fully understand the things of God. We only understand what is revealed to us, especially in our time, we understand what is revealed in the pages of Scripture. And what we know in nature but there's so much that we cannot comprehend about God and why he does things. Like in the case of Job here, we don't know why God let Job suffer like that. So, but he, he allowed it to happen. Maybe to teach Job some kind of lesson or maybe to teach the devil some lesson. We don't know. But in chapter 38 to 41, we hear God speaking. So God speaks. He calls Job, 
calls him to stand and he's going to ask him some questions. So he talks to Job, reveals, asks great questions. Like um, he says, who is this? So who is this that darkeneth counsel by words without knowledge? Mm. Get up now, thy loins like a man, for I will demand of thee an answer. And then God start asking this series of rhetorical questions. Like, where was thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? So God is saying, now, where were you when I made, made, laid the foundation of the earth? Declare, if you have understanding. Who laid, who laid the measures thereof? If you know, who has stretched the line of, upon it? Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened? Or who laid the cornerstone thereof? So God speaks now asking Job this rhetorical question where Job is totally ignorant. He doesn't know this an the answers to these questions. But they are rhetorical because when 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 he says God when God says, Where were you when I laid the foundation of the age? Job says, oh, I was not there. I was I was nowhere. I was not even born. We know them, but they also show how great and mighty is God. So this is the works of God that are declared in the book of Job from chapter 38 to chapter 41. And then in chapter 42, Job makes a great confession where he says in verse 2, I know that thou canst do everything and there is no thought and that no thought can be withholden from thee. I know you can do everything and that no thought can be withholden from thee. In Zulu, it says, I know you can do all things and your counsel cannot be prevented. So Job says, I've heard of you by hearing of an ear, but now I see you with my eye. So it's like Job got some understanding of how God works or of who God is in all his experience. And then God went and spoke to these three friends who were speaking to Job and said, you didn't speak well. Now go to Job and he will pray for you. And then um, the story of Job ends in a very good, good um, note where God restores everything that was lost. Uh, he gets his seven sons, he gets his children, the, the daughter, three daughters, so ten children all together. And his daughters were very beautiful among the people of the East. And so Job died being old and full of days. So this is just an overview. We're not going deep into it. There's a time where we will study the book of Job in detail. So, my dear friends, um, I just want to say thank you for joining me for the book of Job. I'm encouraging you to go and read it. Go read the book of Job yourself. Enjoy it. Next week, we're looking at the summary of the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms. Next week, if Lord permits. So, my dear friends, uh, I just want to remind you that we have social media presence. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Telegram, and WhatsApp. And uh, all the links are on the show notes. So, go find the show notes at podcast.biblenearyou.co.za. Or you can just go to biblenearyou.co.za. If you have any questions, email them to question at biblenearyou.co.za. My dear friends, I'd like to say thanks again. You have a fantastic week. Goodbye.